ever to climb El Capitan. I think he's the only person who's ever attempted to climb El Capitan free solo. What that means is he climbs without any ropes, any gear, free climbing. This is, this is just a crazy, incredible feat. Here's some pictures of him climbing El Capitan for the sake of those that are watching online. That's El Capitan, it's like 3,000 feet. Let's look at the next pictures. You can, go, you can just go through. Now, why is that so scary? Super high? Yeah, it's scary. That's right. He, he did the, the throat slash side. <laughs> One misstep, right? One wrong move, and he's dead. And he's dead. He kind of said it's like an Olympic person on a balance beam that has to do it perfectly or they'll die. Um, you know, I even saw, you know, uh, uh, Navy SEAL being interviewed about this movie, Free Solo, and he's a rock climber. You know, Navy SEAL, rock climber. He said when he was watching it, he knew he lived, but as he's watching it, he says he was white knuckling on his couch because it's just so intense and so scary. As he was preparing, preparing for this climb, he's on this one part of the climb where it's like glass. The, the granite is just smooth, and it shows him with a t toothbrush, like trying to map out his route, and he's toothbrushing the rock to feel for any little tiny bit of rough area on the stone where he could put his foot. We like solid ground. He made it. He made it. You know, we, we like solid ground under us. Because when we have solid ground, a strong foundation under us, we feel safe. We feel secure. We feel at ease. We are we're able to be at peace. You know, Jesus talks about this. He talks about this very thing. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Jesus says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, on solid ground. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great 
was the fall of it. When you're building a house, it's important to build your house, or in this case, your life, on a strong foundation, on solid ground. Why? Because when the storms of life come, what's going to determine whether your house or whether your life stands, it's what it is built upon. The foundation it is built upon. Is your house or is your life built on solid rock? Or is it built on sand? On sand. Jesus says to build your life upon him. Build your, let that lowest layer of what you trust in and build your house upon. Let it be upon him, upon his words, upon his truths, and your life will be on solid rock when the storms come. And so the question posed to us, who or, or what are you building your life upon? Who or what are you trusting in? Will it stand when the storms of life come? And storms will come. In fact, the, in general, the older you get, the more storms you will experience in your life. Kids, life comes with storms, right? Life comes with storms. What kind of storms have you faced? Yeah? Future anxiety. Future anxiety. Yeah, that's a big one right now. Rain, yeah, rain, that's come, right? What kind of storms do you see happening in the world today that people are facing, trials or difficulties or, or hard times? Rainbow. Rainbow? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, rainbow does mean different things, and so... <laughs> How about you, Karis? Huh? What? COVID. Right? COVID. COVID. A lot of storms. A lot of storms the world's been facing, uh, fa uh, facing and experiencing. You know when storms come? They test the foundation. They test the foundation of what we are trusting in. They, they test the strength of the things we are trusting in. Is it rock or is it sand? Is it Jesus or is it something else? Let's give, let me talk about a few examples. Let's talk about our health since Karis brought up COVID, right? Big concern, huge concern is our health. Not only our health, but the health of loved ones. For your health, who do you go to first? Who do you turn to first? Who do you look to first? Who do you trust in the most with your health? Do you trust in Jesus, ultimately, for your health? Or do you trust in science? Or do you trust in medicine? Which are good things, but what's the foundation 
of your health, of your view of health, of what you're trusting in for your health. Kids, let me ask you another question. What do you think is the worst health condition? The very worst health condition that you can have. Sickness, okay, yeah. What kind of, what kind of sickness? Uh, yellow fever. Uh, yellow fever. Yellow fever. <laughs> What's that? Okay. Okay. Huh? Heart attack. Yeah. Jackson. Oh, disease that attacks the central nervous system. Yeah, those, those are really bad. You know what? You know, those are all really bad. Cancer, right? That's bad. You know, you, but you know what? You know what the worst health condition is? You know, but I, I know this is unanimous. The worst health condition, you know what that is? Being dead. <laughs> Being dead is the worst. It can't get any worse than that, right? It can't get any worse than that. You know, Jesus had a friend. He had a friend. His name was Lazarus. Oh, yeah, Lazarus. It's in John chapter 11. Yeah, Lazarus. You know, he was in this worst health condition. He was dead. He was dead. And in fact, it's interesting because Jesus allowed his friend to die. He could have, he could have gone to him to prevent him from dying, but Jesus waited. And he didn't go to him and visit his friend's town until Jesus had actually, I mean, until Lazarus had actually died. So when he goes there, when he goes to Lazarus' tomb, he goes, take me to his tomb. Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for three days. Jesus tells them, move the stone. And they say, no, Jesus, no, because it's going to be smelly. Don't open the tomb. Jesus says, open the tomb. Did, not, did I not say if you believe in me, if you trust in me, you will see the glory of God. So they move the stone away. And then Jesus speaks, right? His word, his words and his word are life. And so Jesus speaks into the tomb. It's like a cave. He speaks in there. Lazarus, come out. And it's interesting, right? Because he was what? Dead. dead. How did he hear if he was dead? Because even if he was dead, his spirit still heard the voice of the Lord calling him. God is alive. Yes, God is alive. That is true. God is alive. And Lazarus responded to Jesus, who spoke life to him. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb like a mummy. He came out like a mummy because he was all wrapped up in bandages. That's how they prepared the bodies. And Jesus tells him, take off the bandages, give him something to eat. Now, is Jesus someone you can trust in with your health? Yeah, the kids know. Yes. Do we? Yes. Do the adults know? No. 
is Jesus someone, the one who has the power over life and death? Yes. Yes. He knows the number of our days. He has the power to heal us. But you notice, healing, physical healing is never meant to be eternal. Where is every single person that Jesus healed today? Dead. It was a sign to point to the one who has the power over health and life. And it's the one who has the promise for our health and life even after the grave. Let's look at this verse, Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus is saying, don't be overly concerned about your physical health. Yeah, we need to take care of our bodies. We need to exercise and eat, try to eat right and all that. But don't be overly concerned about your physical health. Be more concerned about your spiritual health because that's eternal. All of us are going to physically die unless Jesus returns. All of us. Everyone in this room will die. Physically. But put our trust, put our hope, put our lives built upon the one who can give us health physically, but more importantly, spiritually. So that's our health. What rock or what sand are you building upon? What are you trusting in? Next, how about our finances? How about our finances? Jesus is the rock for our finances too. So are you trusting in Jesus as the rock or something else? Something else like your bank account, your, the stock market, the economy, your 401k. Kids, are you trusting in your 401k? Yeah, yeah? You're trusting in your 401k? Oh, that's pretty good, right? You're trusting in your 401k. That's, you know, 401k, that's basically like a big, giant piggy bank that your parent, most of your parents have, okay? It's for their future, for when they retire. So are you trusting in that? Those things? That stuff? Your money? The economy? Or are you trusting for your finance and your provision ultimately in Jesus. You know, there was a study done in the Journal of Nature Human Behavior, and they found that at a certain point, having more income, quote, tended to be associated with reduced life satisfaction and a lower level of well-being. They said after a certain point, then the more money, the more stuff, the more things you have, the more wealth, they found out those people had reduced satisfaction in life and decreased levels of well-being. And they gave three reasons for that. They said, more money, more wants. The more money you have, the more stuff you have, the more you want. It's kind of like you want the next thing, the bigger thing, the better thing. Secondly, more money, 
more isolation. They found that people, when they get, gain more money, then they find they need people less. And they trust people less. So they tend to be in greater isolation. And then thirdly, more money, more work. The more money they gained, it's like the more those people became more and more like workaholic, trying to gain more, trying to earn more, trying to be better. And there was more comparison that took place. Matthew 6, 25 through 26. This is Jesus talking. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? What is the better foundation? The salt. I'm talking about the rock bottom. What in your heart you trust in? Jesus? Or the things of this world? The stuff, the money, the human institutions. Finally, the last area is our relationships. Our relationships. Who are you trusting in? Who are you leaning on? Who are you going to for the health of your relationships. You know, we all face storms, and when we face storms, it tests our relationships. It tests our marriages. It tests our friendships. It tests our family. And it tests what we are standing upon in our, for our relationships. You know, as human beings, we have this habit. We have this, this habit of tending towards selfishness, and self-centeredness. I heard this interesting thing this week, this, this pastor I was listening to online, he said, as Christians, once you become a Christian, you don't have a, na a sinful nature any longer. It was killed on the cross with Jesus. But we have sinful habits. We have sinful habits, right? And so we have this habit as people to tend towards Selfishness and self-centeredness. The Bible calls that the flesh. It calls it the flesh. And you know what? Selfishness and self-centeredness kills relationships. It kills friendships. It kills work relationships. Selfishness and self-centeredness kills families and kills marriages. In Matthew chapter 7, we read the, the Matthew chapter 7 in the beginning about the wise man builds his house upon the rock, the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. In the previous verses, just in chapter 7 alone, Jesus gives us a huge amount of relational tips, relational truths that we could help to build our lives upon. Let me give you a few. He says, don't judge. He says, before you take the speck out of your Friend or spouse's eye, take the log out of your own eye. That's really good marital advice. 
If you've ever tried to take the speck out of your spouse's eye, when you have a log and Kyle's shaking his head, no, no, I never do that, no, but Mimo gives us the look, we're like, yeah, right, Kyle. <laughs> That's great marriage advice. Next, another, he's, Jesus says in chapter seven, treat others how you would want to be treated. That's great advice in any relationship. Treat other people the way you would want to be treated, right? It's like, think of other people, not only yourself. Think of other people first. And then, in chapter 7, Jesus gives this advice. Ask God to help meet your needs. When we have needs, when we go through trials, when we're dealing with stuff, when we have relational issues, how many times, how often do we ask God to help? I think we ask him far, 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 far less than we ought to be. Because he can help us. And like we're trying to figure it out on our own. We go to our friends. We go on the internet. We try to think it through. Rather than, Jesus says, ask God, ask and you will find, right? Seek and the door will be open to you, right? He says, ask your father for your needs because if your needs are met and if your love tank is full then you can give to others more freely you know it's pretty simple really this relationship stuff it's pretty simple the bible says basically just honor one another honor one another now if you are married listen up okay Listen up, because this is Bible advice for your marriage. It applies. I know it applies, okay? So this advice right here, all you wives, all you wives, okay? It's right here. <laughs> Submit to your husband in everything. That's the Bible. That's the truth. That's the word of God. That's the marriage advice for you wives. Submit to your husband. I can't hear it. Yeah, but what I was, I was submitting everything. Da, 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 da. Submit. Uh, I'm just a messenger. <laughs> this is the word of God. Submit to your husband in everything. Ephesians 5.24. Now, okay, husbands. Husbands, this is marriage advice, marriage 101 to you husbands, all right? This is from the Lord. Husbands, be willing to die for your wife daily. Be willing to die for your, your, for your wife every day. Be willing. Now, married couples, Wives, husbands, if you try, just the best of you can, if you try to have this attitude every day in your marriage, I guarantee you, your marriage will improve 1,000%. If the wives are saying, I'm going to submit to my husband in everything, and at the same time, if the husbands are saying, 
I'm going to die to my wife every day. You're going to have a great marriage. Not a good marriage, a great marriage. Because Jesus, as the foundation of our relationships and of your marriage, knows how our relationships work. And he knows if we're relying on him to have these attitudes, if we're letting the Holy Spirit move through us to exhibit these attitudes, our relationships will work as he intended them to work. Kyle mentioned Mark and Trisha podcast on, and we didn't plan this out. We didn't plan this out. I didn't plan this. He, they, Damon asked me this morning, hey, I saw, did you plan this? I go, no. And one of the things they talk about is this whole idea of submission. So listen to it. So for your relationships, for your friendships, for your family, for your marriage. Is your rock Jesus? Or is your rock other things? You say, well, what are the other options? Let me give you a few. The Bachelor, Housewives of OC, Pam and Tommy, Family Guy, Better Call Saul, or maybe it's The Walking Dead. I don't know. But, um, are you going to have for the basis, the foundation of your relationships, Jesus, that'll give you solid rock foundation, or the things of the world, which are sand? You know, right now I'm going to have uh, someone come up and share. It's Josiah Nakamoto. And the reason why she's sharing, she's felt like the Lord calling her to another mission trip, short-term mission trip, for she's going to share for two months. And... The reason why I think it's appropriate today is because she's taking a step and she is doing this because Jesus is her rock. And she's taking the step of faith and taking the step into unknown things because she knows whatever happens, she could trust in Jesus. So let's give a warm welcome to Josiah. Thank you, Pastor Barry. <laughs> I just want to thank um, all my Catalyst uh, friends and family um, just for all your guys' love and support. Uh, for anyone new who's at Catalyst today, I'm just going to say I just love this church family and all the support that they've given me. And um, yeah, and so I actually wasn't going to. I didn't plan to actually share this part, but I felt like God was prompting me to because Pastor Barry was talking about um, just Lazarus being raised from uh, the dead. And I'm currently in a class called Gospel of John where we're learning about that. And it said um, basically right here, Martha and Mary were waiting for Jesus to come. And it's been four days. He didn't come at all. At this point, they lost all hope. Maybe some people can resonate with that, that they had lost all hope. But, and so they're mourning, they're crying, they're like, Jesus, why didn't you show up? Why didn't you heal? Why didn't you come at this moment? And I felt, and, and she, even Martha was like, Lord, um, my brother would have not died if you had been here. But even now, God will give you whatever you ask. 
And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they died. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she says, even though her brother's still dead, her only hope is gone, she's saying, but she still says, yes, Lord. She replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is, who is to come into the world. Amen to that. that. Then Lazarus was raised from the dead. Even when she couldn't see it, even though she didn't know her next steps, she said that little yes, that little step of faith. And so, hi, my name is Josiah. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking here today because I'm going on a missions trip to Athens, Greece, um, from, for two months, from May 29th through August 1st, and I'll be teaching Afghan and Iranian refugee children the um, Bible, uh, English, and other academic uh, course subjects. I'll be a teacher missionary. And it's so crazy how God really just orchestrated the whole thing, because back in 2020, um, during the middle of the pandemic, I heard from an organization, and they were um, basically mi student missionaries from the Middle East. And they were already trying to tell me about this vision, this global vision that is not just about my life, it's not just about my church or my American dream, but a global vision that the whole church is God's church, that it's a global vision, and that the nation should be um, spread to all nations, to all people, to all tongues. And so it was super encouraging because I was already praying for Afghanistan then, and then um, it just worked out to the point where um, recently um, I got this opportunity to go, and they were about to shut down their program but for the summer, but they were looking for an elementary ed uh, teacher, and I'm an elementary ed major. So the Holy Spirit works out <laughs> crazy in so many amazing ways like that. And so um, really just my heart is for these kids because after the Taliban had taken over, after the U.S. troops pulled away, a lot of them are dislocated. A lot of them are like running for um, away from the Taliban, and so they have nowhere else to go, and so they fled to Greece. Um, and they're just taking as much as they can carry. Some of their loved ones died along the way of trying to escape for freedom. And so um, really my heart is not just to share the gospel with them, but also um, to love on them, to give them a hope for their future, that education has the hope to um, change them, and that more importantly, Jesus is our, is our true hope. And so that's part of my heart and it's crazy too because like if you were a missionary and you tried to get to the Middle East before like it would take years sometimes and persecution and all this but now because they're fleeing from their countries this is an opportunity for the church to really reach to them that the shield of Islam the false god that it has no stance here that really we have, like they get to experience and get to have the opportunity to have the gospel shared with them because before it's unreached people groups, now they have the opportunity to hear the gospel. Amen. And so a little bit about 
a trip. Um, yeah, I will be teaching them. I'll be elementary age, and I'll be raising about $4,000. It's going to, for transportation, food costs, um, supplies, classroom supplies. A lot of them, they don't have anything. They just fled in their country. So I'll be taking uh, donations in the back and um, after church uh, for almost every Sunday for just donations for supplies, for classroom, classroom supplies, um, for toys, for crafts, for anything, because they really came with nothing. And so I'll have to be supplying them with everything. And so that's part, part of it. And I just want to just encourage, um, yeah, everyone in my Catalyst family with just this last note too, that really it's so amazing to have just been able to be given the free gift of salvation, to have someone around me to be able to share the gospel with me. And that I'm so glad to have such an amazing church body like you guys to really just pour into me too. But I also know too that Jesus said to go out, to go out to all nations. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age that we're making way for the second coming of Jesus Christ and that we're all sent once by God and that we get to be lights to, to this world. And so, yes, if you like to give, I'll be out in the booth and back <laughs> too. Thank you. update, you'll be able to actually give to Josiah through our church, through the app on the church, or you can send a check-in, so there'll be instructions, but let's, let's please support Josiah. I'm so proud of her and her taking this step. It's awesome. And then, you know, I just talked to Blake about Kimiko. She's doing great in Mexico. She's on her mission trip in Mexico. I saw some pictures. Maybe we'll post those too, or some of them. It's, it's really cool what, she, what she's doing. I know Kaylee's going to be going to Mexico also. Um, in uh, June, July, July, so she'll be sharing too, but um, let's support these gals as they've gone out and they're going out. Awesome. Okay, let me just close by giving you, just closing with some word about how we can partner with Jesus to build him as the foundation, the rock of our lives. Jesus said this, if we hear his words and do them, we will be like the wise men building upon him as our foundation. So if we hear his words and do them. So let's go over real quick. Let me just close with here. These are some of the things Jesus has just said to them in chapter 7. Some of them I shared already, but let's go over them. So making Jesus my foundation from Matthew chapter 7. Number one, log out of your eye first, speck out of others second. Okay? Second. Ask God for what you need. Ask God for what you need. Third, treat others the way you want to be treated. So I talked about those. Fourth, if you've received me, Jesus says, if you've received me, you are the good tree. 
You've been made holy, blameless, perfect in the eyes of God. That's your true identity. So he says, live like that. You're a good tree. Live like that. And then finally, focus on our relationship with Jesus first. Let me just read this. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, listen, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? In other words, at the end of days, people are going to say, Lord, Lord, save us. Didn't we do all these things for you? And then, he, and then I will I declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You see, they were practicing religion, doing, trying to do for God. But Jesus says, I don't want your religion. I want relationship. I want us to be living and walking together in relationship. And so these are some ways, but Jesus says, storms are going to come. Are you building your life? Are you trusting in Jesus as your rock? Or are you trusting in other things that are mere sand? Let's bow forward prayer. Jesus, you came to be our rock. I know, Lord, in Psalm 61, it's, the psalmist says, lead me to the rock that is higher than me. And you are that rock. And Lord, the more we experience you as our rock, in the midst of the storms of life, with our health, with our finances, in our relationships, you as a rock can give us security even in the midst of storms. And so, Lord, help us to hear your word and partner with you to do your word, Lord, so we can experience you more and more as the rock of our lives. And, Lord Jesus, we want to honor you like Kyle and Ezra's T-shirt says, Jesus, you matter. And so we want to worship you now. We want to praise you now. We want to acknowledge you now and give our love to you through worship in Jesus' name.